0: This is Mark Arnold and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 156. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Lee's Comics. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the twenty-one best online dealers by popoptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift.
1: You remember them from your childhood. Hat for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Ridge, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack, and Little Audrey, you read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun I Did Productions, The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The companion is also available from Bear Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook version. Order your copy today.
2: Long title
3: Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Song One by One by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch.
1: Christmas, Christmas time is here, and Alvin and the Chipmunks are here again. In 1958, a down and songwriter with an unlikely name of Ross Bagdasarian plunged the last of his family's savings on a multi-speed tape recorded and created The Witch Doctor and Alvin and the Chipmunks. This changed the fortunes for his family, his record label, and animated cartoon studio. Alvin! The story of Ross Bagissarian, Liberty Records, Format Films, and The Alvin Show by Mark Arnold and Sun If Productions is available from Amazon and Bear Manor Media in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today.
0: You can now order my latest book, the TTV Scrapbook from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Bear Manor Media. If you'd like signed copies of this or any of my books, Please email me at funideas.mark at gmail.com for further information on how to order directly from me via PayPal. I now have three super articles to write for Back Issue. Super Richie, Super Dagwood, and Super Fan. My Pac-Man book is the next to be coming out, and I'm still working on my Mad and Turtles books. Warren Kremer is due out eventually, as is my next Disney book. On today's show, we have a couple of returning guests to have another discussion about the world of animation. Here they are, Camden Spees and Ben Olson. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and today we have two special guests on the Fun Ideas podcast who have been on before. One is Camden Spees, and one is Ben Olson. How are you two doing tonight?
4: Doing great, buddy. Thank you.
0: All right. Um, You know, we did a show before a few months ago, I think it seemed like. Years ago, but it was only a few months ago where we were talking about uh, all the various artwork you've done, Ben, and you know Camden's knowledge of uh, cartoon history. I figured, well, let's do it again. So here we are. So um, anyway, since we last spoke, I'll start with Ben. Since we last spoke, um, are there any new art projects or anything that has happened in the last few months
3: for you? I was going to ask one question about that so yeah. ben <laughs> you're moving to florida
0: yes okay well that's something so talk about that
4: <laughs> i am moving the the entire family the studio everything down to the tampa area
3: so like the whole chuck jones center yep for chicago is coming down there now
4: well, i'll keep the center up here in chicago and then i'm going to start another one down there so i'll do this i'll do chuck jones center central florida
2: oh wow
3: well that's a that's a third location there.
4: That is a third location. So I'll keep the one I'll keep the one going in Chicago because I do plenty of stuff up here still.
3: Mm-hmm. Um and um why do you decide to do it, in Florida? I was gonna ask. Uh
4: lots of reasons. Uh one is I can't stand cold weather and why would I still stay up here? <laughs> so I'm going down there. There there's more opportunities down there than there are here in Illinois. And uh I've I'll, I'll i'm kind of on an island by myself up here as far as like the the art community and the guys that i know so i've got a lot of good friends of mine that do this even much bigger than i do and uh, they're all down in central florida area so i'm gonna go powwow with those guys as well
3: but do they do this
4: i'm sure because like... i interview those guys when i have to do the chuck jones shows
3: okay
0: well, Florida's had other studios and places before. Fleischer was down there in the late thirties, early forties. So. I tried to get I, I when I was when I've
3: done various things, I do various things all the time. So one time I tried to get the people who ran the Florida Art Center. I said like they have this honors list and the Fleischers weren't on there. So I got them somehow I tried to get them on there. Um and they said we have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Wow. <laughs> Now, I do have a question for you, Ben. Um, yes. I have a friend named Milton Knight who is an artist and animator himself. He's been on this show also. He he used to live in New York originally and then in L.A., and then he had a friend that unfortunately had a falling out with as soon as he moved there, and he's moved to Indiana. Now, my question is, what is it with like that part of the country? Why is there not like a, a hotbed of art in the middle of the country is it always around uh the coastal areas in this country or what's the story on that
4: well i think you know we've got downtown chicago has you know they've got obviously in our community we got the art institute which which is a phenomenal museum slash school Mm -hmm. um there's the contemporary you know there's some cool stuff but like we hibernate man uh (laughs) you know for six to seven months of the year we just hibernate like i'm still hibernating And there's not, I I find that when I'm out on the West coast, I love Laguna. I love that whole area. And I love that gallery district. And when I'm out there or I'm down in St. Pete and that whole district or like down in Sarasota, I mean, good night. I could go on on the list of places when it's warmer weather and tropical stuff and people are out all the time and you're walking in and out of galleries and it's February 2nd, it's still 80 degrees. It's a totally different vibe. And up here, like we're bundled up. We, you know, we're going again, You kind of go, you tuck in one area, you tuck in another. And I, I just haven't found, you know, I do a lot of art events and, and I, we've, we've had over 300 and some thousand people experience our Chuck Jones Center Chicago events in the four years that we've been doing this. And that's great. And like probably the biggest, and, I, and I've only got to hang out with the dude once was Alex Ross and he was in the studio with his family super awesome guy like yeah. he, do- he donated some stuff to us like his personal proofs that sign him that we could raise money for the organization and stuff i think
3: he showed us to them
4: like you showed it to us last time you were here yeah. and since last time he's given me more stuff oh wow he's like, okay. he's like go for it so you know i other than him there, there's not like we don't do like nobody goes out <laughs> like we don't do not but I find when I'm on the coasts, when I'm either – and, like, I've, I've been to New York and stuff, and that's okay. But, again, it's, it's just not the same vibe. But when I'm down in Florida or I'm out, you know, west, San Diego, Laguna, that, that kind of thing, man, it's just – it's a different thing. Hmm. Okay.
3: I just want to point something out about the weather thing. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, which is not by the, not, not in the coast, but it's closer than you are. Why is it 25 degrees here tomorrow? So
4: That is a great question. Why is that? That's, that's ridiculous. You know, what, you know where it's not 25 degrees? Florida. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I only lived in Florida for four months, and this was back in the late 90s. But uh, it was – I lived in the cooler months, which was October through March. <laughs> and um, still, it was like 70, 80 degrees, you know. Um, I was in Panama City and then Jacksonville and then Orlando and then came back uh, to California. But, yeah, it's like – it can snow in Florida, I know, but it rarely snows in
4: Florida. Yeah, especially down, you know, when you get more towards central Florida. I, I love, like, I'm, I don't like wearing shoes, so, like, I'll go barefoot or flip-flops. Um, we were just there, you know, not too long ago, house hunting. Um, I wore shorts and flips onto the plane. It was 20 degrees when I got out of my truck, and I didn't care, because when I got off the plane, it was 80 degrees. Oh, geez. And shorts and flip-flops made total sense. So I just, I find the vibes different and, you know, obviously I I got a lot of cool people up here I know a a lot of cool people, but for what I do and how I want to do it, it's just not the same. So, and the opportunities I have coming up are like, it's going to be better to be closer to the guys that I, you know, get to hang with and stuff like that. So, and I, I feed off that, you know, it's, it's a reciprocal thing.
0: Okay. And then the, the center you're building in Florida, how is that going to differ? I mean, other than the people, I mean, are you still going to focus on Chuck Jones or are you going to have a different focus or
4: nope. I'm going to, I'm going to open another nonprofit down there. I'll host mm-hmm. the Chuck Jones center, central Florida, and then I'll replicate what I've done up here. I will replicate oh, cool. that down there. And we've got, we've been working with the G league for the NBA. So we mm-hmm. have like the Windy city bowls and, and we've played, two games now um like one in 2020 the first part like in january before everything got shut down and then we just did one in january of 2022 and um the the orlando magics team is in lakeland florida so i'm going to do another thing with the windy city Bulls. we're going to do another big draw and, and we're talking about doing it in both spots so my contact up here was like let's do lakeland i'm like yes (laughs) <laughs> he would like to come down to Orlando in January. I'm like, come on down. Mm. So I'm going to replicate what I'm doing up here, and I'll, and I'll be able to do that down there.
0: Very cool. Okay.
3: So what part of Florida are you going to, though?
4: The Tampa area. So that's way down there. You know, like
0: near, or, no, no, no. Wait. That's not. Is, no. that, that's, yeah, that's west of Orlando, right?
4: Yeah, about an hour. Yeah, hour.
0: That's yeah, right. that's yeah. Right. As I have to remember I, because I, it's I, been I, years since I've been in Florida. I go, it's Miami that's at the south. Of. I, yeah. <laughs> as, as one
3: person who's in my class said, if you're in Florida, if you're out of Florida, you want to go to Orlando. If you're in Florida, you want to stay away from Orlando.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, I, and I've got good buddies of mine that are in Orlando, and yeah, it's. I mean, I've I've lived down there when I was interning. Um, it's just a different. Different thing. I, I want to be closer to a beach, yeah. so like if I'm moving down there, I'm I'm within like a 30 minute ride from hitting that sand and that water. And I like the Gulf. I like the Gulf side.
0: Mm-hmm. And where did you grow up? Did you grow up down there or somewhere else near a beach, or you just turn, learned to love it?
4: <laughs> um, I think I was spiritually like my 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 soul was born there. But I was Arkansas, then Kansas, then Oklahoma, then Texas, then Illinois, then Florida, then Illinois, and now Florida.
0: Wow, Arkansas there you can't get more landlocked than that <laughs> wow right?
4: I was born I was born with the shells on and uh yeah I, I get quite a few comments on on are you are you from around here like from here and I'm like yeah no
0: <laughs> now like, of all, all the like, places you've lived where have you lived the longest then
4: here I lived oh, okay I've okay. lived here since I was nine and I'm oh, okay
0: so that's probably why they kind of think you're a native.
4: <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, no, they 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 don't think I'm a native Illinoisan. Because they're, oh. they're, I've got, usually i got all the jewelry on, i got the shelves, I wear. Oh, flip. they think
0: you're native uh, in Florida then. Oh, okay, yeah. got it, well, okay. You know,
4: California or Florida, they pick one of those two spots, and I'm like, sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have any distinguished accent, for, you know, especially not a southern one, you know. It's like, no. you sound I like you're I
4: from out California. I I was fourth grade, I moved up from Texas. hmm and, uh, and I had a really strong Southern accent. Um,
3: yeah, I, 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 now coming from me, whose parents are from the Midwest, I just have an, I just have a basic American accent. My voice is too high.
4: No, yeah, you're, you're fine. I, I, I find that, yeah, no, but I, I lost it. You know, by the time I was probably in junior high, my accent went away. But I had yeah. that, I had that Southern drawl when I came up. How y'all doing? You know, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm total California boy, and of course, when you come up to Oregon, it's mainly transplanted Californians. So it's like, and even if you're from here, it's like they just sound like they're from California. It's just the whole West Coast kind of. There's no distinctive accent. You know, the you know maybe Valley Girl if you're in Southern California or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, there's nothing really that distinguishes anybody from. Well, Washington, Oregon, or California—it's kind of funny.
4: <laughs> I like when you do the East Coast. You got that Boston, the New York accent. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's really regional on the East Coast. Just hilarious, you know, all the way down the. It's, yeah. it's
3: regional down here too. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm in the minority of people yeah. who don't have a strong accent. I just have I I use a lot of Southern phrases, mm-hmm. and Southern slang, but other than that, it's like what, th-
0: like like what? Let's <laughs> like Arsenal. y'all, y'all. y'all. <laughs> drop a chair. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Shitlins, Amhoks. <and> <laughs> what do you typically, eat? I'll ask both of you, this is a, a weird question. What do you, uh, either of you typically eat? Uh, do you typically eat regional type stuff or you just eat just general McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. Burg-
2: no, like
4: there- there, there's, some, there's some specific things, right? So, yeah. you know, I, Growing up here, for the most part, there are things that are very Chicagoan, right? Mm. And deep dish pizza yeah. is Chicagoan, right? And let me tell you, I've had those imposters all over the place. They don't make it like they do. I, I don't even know how. I'm like, it's just a recipe. But yeah. like Giordano's, Giordano's is my deep dish pizza of choice. So there's Lou Malnati's, right? You either have Lou's or Giordano's, and you then you have like the stuff downtown that's you know very cliche. Gino's East and stuff like that nah, whatever but like Giordano's right you either got a beer batter crust and in the, in the buttery crust with Lou Malnati's um, which I'm not as big of a fan of or you have a flour crust which I'm much more of a fan of and I like their sauce better Gi- Giordano's so Giordano's is my jam man and I've tried deep dish other places you know other regions yeah. No, they don't get it right Chicago I, style hot dog Chicago style hot dog now i don't do everything on it right but there's one thing we don't do on a hot dog you know what that is
0: it's probably ketchup
4: it is ketchup we yeah need ketchup <laughs> that's Thank a california
0: you. that's a california thing there's a uh, a hot dog chain in california called der schnitzel there's even and so they have things like a dog and a mustard dog and a corn dog of course and they have a ketchup dog and so that's probably where that came from i have no problem putting ketchup on a hot dog but i'm not a big fan of ketchup anyway so i probably would i just i, I can't I tend to put stand mustard, but, i
3: yeah. just cannot stand tomato it's one of my yeah
0: you
4: that see all... my, i I'll, i the only thing i don't do is i don't do the relish or the onions mm. but i'll do the i'll do the tomatoes the pickles the mustard um, and i cannot do ketchup on a hot dog i can't do it like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I, I never knew it was a thing one way or the other until Facebook started saying that. But, I mean, it's it, the the other conversation going back to pizza is, oh, pineapple on a pizza, you know, and it's like, I don't know, it's, it's always on a pizza. I just didn't like pineapple when I was a kid, so I didn't like it because of that. But now it's like, eh, it's okay, you know, but it's not my go-to. My go-to is still like pepperoni yeah. and sausage and everything, but I still like a good pineapple pizza every so often. I, I always say this, you know, it's like you can put anything, you can put dog shit on a pizza I'll probably eat it. So. But I do have to ask you this, because I don't know if I've ever eaten an, an official uh, deep dish pizza, but there is a chain uh, that's not around in Oregon, but was down in California that claimed to be authentic, but everybody always does, called Pizzeria Uno. Now, have you ever tried theirs? And what is, uh, it sounds like you're doing a thumbs so, down. Okay. Pizzeria Uno you know,
4: is, is downtown Chicago, right? And they have another yeah. Pizzeria Duo, or Douay, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and Fine, whatever. It, it's another one of the cliche Chicago pizzas. Places, okay. Right? To be the
0: so, what's the difference between theirs? Because, see, I want to get the authentic thing. I probably just have to go to Chicago. But uh, what's the difference between what they do and what is the good, the good stuff?
4: Um, there's a difference in sauces, right? Okay. There's a difference in like style of crust and how they do things. And here's what I would say, like the, the Lou Malnati's, if you're going to do Chicago style pizza, and you can order these from their sites, right? You can order them frozen. Either oh, do, you're, you're do Giordano's, uh-huh. Giordano's, You do Lou Malnati's. Now, Lou Malnati's has a lighter sauce. It's a little bit more tomatoey, right? Meaning like chopped up tomatoes, stuff like that. It's a lighter sauce. Whereas Giordano's has kind of a heavier, thicker sauce, right? Now, I tend to gravitate more toward the Giordano style, but forget Pizzeria Uno, right? If you're going to do Chicago style and you want to have a battle of the, of the Titans, you, you try a lose and you try a uh, Giordano's. And here's the key thing. If you do sausage on a pizza, Mm -hmm. you find very quickly, if you do not tell them to crumble the sausage in a deep dish pizza, you get a patty. That's like that thick. (laughs) It's it's like a salt lick. Oh, wow. you, yeah, you, you, you want to tell them to crumble the sausage it, unless you want a sausage patty and that sucker is thick. So when I have guests in, like when Craig came out and I take Craig on a food tour, every time he comes in, I'm like, this is where we're going. And I'm like, it, it, we, we call it the, we don't count calories tour, yeah. And, and we, you know, I do Italian beefs. I do like the beef combos, you know, at Portillo's, uh, we do the cheese fries. We do the milkshakes. I mean, we go around, do we do the tacos? There's certain places that you want to hit. But yeah. pizza is a, a staple, and we always hit uh, most of the time Giordano's when we come in.
0: Okay, because unlike you, who's lived there most of your life, I, my my full extent of being in Chicago or Illinois is being in the O'Hare Airport once in the '80s. So there, <laughs> there you go. But <laughs> uh, you know, so yes. yeah, um, no,
4: that, that, you can yeah. order you can order online Giordano's mm-hmm. or online. Okay. I would recommend at some point ordering from both, like have a frozen pizza and then, and then bake that. And I'm telling you, man, there is your, that's your Chicago style pizza.
0: Now I may have actually tried one of those because we did get a deep dish pizza and that sounds familiar about two or three years ago. And I will say if it's one of those, it did taste really good. So I think I did have one. I think it was my wife's old work sent that out as a christmas gift so um but I'll, I'll double check with her she's not here right now so but she she would be able to tell me and she goes oh yeah yes yeah, so anyway um but i yeah. know how it is with the deep dish pizza because uh, the equivalent is like uh new york with like say their bagels and stuff like that and it's like um you Louisiana, can profit. you can find a new york bagel outside of new york but it is very difficult to find, you know, and yep. it's usually transplanted New Yorkers that just brought their recipe out and they they do it right. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I get what you're talking about. <laughs> so now, In are you Z gonna miss it? still the
3: same <laughs> way about crawfish too? Right, Z right, Z yeah. Which which the old saying is don't trust don't trust about, don't buy don't buy crawfish from a from a truck with an Iowa license plate.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I no, I would not.
0: Now the best place I've ever had crawfish, but it uh, was in California. But they brought it in from Louisiana. So I, th- you know, and it's um, it's a, a Cajun place that uh, has lots of uh, spicy food, jambalayas, and stuff like that. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so are you going to miss it if you're in Florida? Are you going to be craving pizza all the time? Are you Or are, are there any Florida delicacies you like? <laughs>
4: So I, I, you know, like my wife and I will try all kinds of different stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, if, if I need to get a fix, I'll order, I'll order a frozen one and and send that down. But there, there's like Portillo's is down there, which is fine. Like, I don't even eat it. I got a Portillo's right down the block for me at the studio. You know how many times I eat there a month? Let's go with a year, maybe like four (laughs) or five. So it's usually when people come in town and they're like, Hey, and I'm like, all right, let's do the Portillo's thing. So not really there's not really a lot i'm in it like i like doing all kinds of different things and you know even down there they got i'll i'll find the spots that's what craig knows when he comes up here like we will find the spots even when we're out in california we found this nitrogen ice cream place this other stuff and and we went after dinner and i'm like this is where we're going after yeah. and we both brought our families out we did this nitrogen ice cream thing and i'm like how did you not know this was here yeah. so but it's yeah we'll, we'll i'm i like to explore
3: yeah now i'm gonna I, ask you a quick question similar. here about chuck jones how why is it impossible to reach craig dude it's craig <laughs> because i'm gonna be honest it is easier for me to reach leonard Malton than it is to reach craig Claussen.
4: <laughs> so craig is like michael jordan right and that dude puts the work in all he is doing so many things and i might like, i don't know how he does it all but yes he is a hard dude to reach but that's just because it's it, i mean that man's
3: Car- carol carol so i said i asked carol the same question he's it's like, it's like she's like camden welcome to my life twenty four. <laughs> Because I've been trying to get Craig. Because Craig has said since the since since even before since since the first time, ever since he's been saying since you appeared the first time that he would appear on Mark's podcast.
4: He'll get like up.
0: he can join right now if you can send <laughs> send him the link here. You
4: know, <laughs> you like Craig. Like, what time is it out there? Seven thirty. Like, Craig, jump on Zoom yeah. real quick. Yeah, I have a I have a meeting with him tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, I have to jump on, so I'll I'll prod him a little bit for you. Right.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> And where does he live?
4: He's out in California.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, he yeah, you know, he could do that with me. I mean, so it, usually I have difficulties when um you know it's but I've had people from around the world. I mean, Camden knows I've had Amber Please, on here Scott. from England and I've had Heath Scott from Australia and of course plastic E P from Australia. So it's like time is not an issue, you just have to coordinate it right. Wow. So yeah. you know Yeah. Um, now
3: now my next question, by the way, I have a question for you, Ben. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of Disney kind of Looney Tunes stuff. And I want to ask you one question. Mm. How is that even legal?
4: Well, for one, I'm not reprinting it. Mm. I, I'm just, I'm, I'll put it out here now. And that's a good segue into, into the Star Wars Looney Tunes mashup stuff, which has yep. since gone viral, which is odd. In a <laughs> But here's the thing with Disney, and there are so many. I'm just putting it out there right now. I plan on being the first modern individual to merge the two licenses into official pieces. I don't know how it's going to get done. I'm not exactly sure what the entanglements are, but we're going to figure it out. And I plan on being the first artist that bridges the Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, Chuck Jones world with Disney in some fine art pieces that nobody's put through before. But, so-
3: by the way... I don't know if you've seen this, but online, and I have a suggestion for you about Star Wars and Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. But now, online, you would think that the Roadrunner could be like R2-D2 because his, um, he goes beep, right? Mm-hmm. But I saw online it was like Tweety with his birdcage because it's shaped the exact same way.
4: It could be. So here, the, you know, the book of Boba Fett came out and I'm a huge star Wars nerd. And um, about that time last December, right before it came out, I did two pieces. I did double duck band, which was Donald and Daffy facing off in a one man band situation. Right. Because I'm like, what would be the logical thing right after seeing, uh, you know, like who framed Roger rabbit? This is, this is their next film. And so instead of dueling pianos, it's dueling one man bands. And, uh, and that, that sketch did its own thing. And it's got close to 10,000 likes and like a hundred and some odd comments on Instagram on its own, just kind of doing its own thing, which is awesome. And then I did a Mickey and bugs in the Alex theater is where it's kind of encapsulated. It's got a little number 12, which is Chuck's birth year. And on one side it has who framed Roger rabbit again. Right. And then on the other side, it has double duck band, the poster. Well, the double duck band drawing is the one that, you know they didn't go you see the mickey and bugs have the tickets and they're going to theater number one and then double duck fantasy theater number two so i did those two and because i wanted to do something like there's there seemed to me to be something cool about that i have another several that i'm doing with mickey and bugs and maybe it's the taxi cab from who framed roger rabbit i'm not saying but i'm going to do some stuff that mashes them up but that got me into this mashup thing and it and it was like i love this stuff and i like doing stuff that i love and the gallery is like the Chuck Jones gallery guys are phenomenal. And they like, I do, you know, the, I do the paintings like, you know, this one and, and all kinds of stuff. And then I do these sketch things and I just kind of go off the wall and over the cliff. And so when Star Wars hit in, you know, when Book of Boba Fett hit was the end of December, I'm like, man, I did this Inktober stuff and Inktober is a thing in October and it's a whole thing about inking, doing a drawing every single day. Inktober has become this whole viral thing from Jake Parker, which is great. So I do Inktober every year. And this year I mixed up some Looney Tunes stuff and some my whatever stuff. And I just, whatever prompt is whatever I felt like doing. And it wasn't like a theme like I've done before. And I did this, the last sketch in October, I called it the Book of Marvin Fett. (laughs) And it was... And it was Marvin sitting on all I had was I'm like, man, it'd be hilarious if Bugs was the Mandalorian, if baby Yoda was Tweety and um, if Chewie and I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the series other than Boba Fett's in it. And if Chewie was Gossamer, right? And then you've got Marvin as Boba Fett sitting on his throne. So I did that sketch, right? And and what I would do is I'd just post these things on Instagram. I had a decent following of some people and and people would start picking them up and I'd get a email from the gallery and they'd be like hey Did you just post this and I'd be like I did and they're like somebody wants to buy it I'm like okay so so then they started saying could you just every time you post something could you just send it to us so that we know and I'm like sure and like before I knew it I didn't do a ton in Looney Tunes maybe like half you know 14 15 drawings most of them are all sold and I was like uh Okay, cool. And I was doing it, you know, I enjoy doing that stuff. So by the time book of Boba Fett came out and it was about to drop, I watched the first episode. I loved it. I love the whole series. Um, I don't care what the naysayers have to say about it. I enjoyed it. My buddy enjoyed it. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I, I did this Mando Marvin, you know, like steampunk Mando Marvin. And I, and I kind of did some stuff and some guys like tattooed it on themselves, which was awesome and uh and i'm like okay i'm like but but really the boba fett design with uh marvin seems to be like the right kind of, i can mesh the two of them together and i had to ship all of them out but i i kept this one i i haven't shipped yet so Uh-oh. oh wait hold on <laughs> <Dessert>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh don't you hate and, that when it does it? Because then I—they
0: hold it, it in front of your shirt. I think it works. There, there, there we go. There, ah.
4: yeah, there we go. <laughs> so there, this is like Django Marvin, right? With yeah. little baby. Well, anyway, I did these, then and I, uh, I would turn off my my filter. But like, I'm packing the house, and we're getting ready to show it. So
0: <laughs> Unlike I, mine, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It just and I'm
4: like I'm not at my studio tonight either. So yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I did the first sketch and, and because I was, in, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'll do like a sketch based on the first episode. And I did like Marvin's Cantina yeah. and I had Porky the pig as a Gamorrean, which totally made sense to me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I had the, I forget what the robot's name is and he's behind the bar and I'm like, all right. And it like, people enjoyed that. I'm like, that's cool. And I was, I was, Instagram was where I like to play the most. And I was watching the Instagram, like, you know, reactions grow. And, you know, where before I'd be stunned if I had like 10 new followers in a week, you know, because I'd post something, whatever you leave it there. And now like it was growing rapidly. And so I did another sketch. So the Wednesday it came out, I did the first one. And then Sunday I did a second one and that went nuts. And so people started kind of picking on that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to do, I love this series. I'm going to do two sketches for every episode. I'll do one on Wednesday when it drops and then I'll do one on Sunday that way if there's a spoiler, if you haven't seen it by Sunday, <laughs> right? And uh and so so I started in on that. And uh the third like the second week was great, the third week was great. And I you know, they're getting thousands of reactions online on specifically on Instagram. Well, by the time I wrap the series um, my following on Instagram had gone up like 10 times almost. Yeah. And the, the, I was getting a ton of comments and, and I figured it out. Like after I dropped the last sketch, which was all of them. So I have bugs as Mando. The idea was to try to do as many as Looney Tunes as possible. I was holding out on Taz cause I thought they're, I'm like, if they have Ewoks, that's it. And, uh, I was holding out on Pepe Le Pew and Penelope cause that was going to be the, the Han Solo Leia thing. And then Daphne, I wasn't, I wasn't sure yet. So there are certain characters that I haven't used in this one. I am going to do one for the Obi-Wan series. I'm going to do another little, you know, run of these mashups. But um, I'm like, okay, uh, I can do this. And then they just started selling. And so I'd say, hey, I'd post it. I'd be, I'd send it to the gallery and be like, here it is. And sold and sold. And and there's out of 15 drawings, sketches that are either nine by 12, 11 by 14, and the last one is 14 by 17. 10 have sold so far,
0: hmm.
4: which to me was like, what? <laughs> and, and then I, and here's the craziest thing. I, before I get to the really crazy thing. So I, I, by the time I dropped the last one, I waited like a week and then I, and I went, I wanted to see like what kind of reaction overall. And I had, I, I, I tallied it up and I sent it to the gallery. And there were over 430,000 impressions on those 15 pieces. Mm. And then out of those 430 some thousand, there were uh, I, I, like tens of thousands of shares, uh, likes, comments, um, you know, saves, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, holy crap, that was awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And so I let the gal, I'm like, Hey guys, here's, here's kind of the, the vibe. I did it. I did a, a collector exclusive with these sketch cards. That's like a miniature version of every single piece. And then I hand numbered it in hand signed, So every collector gets something cool. And I, I'm like, these are originals only. There's no prints. I'm not revisiting anything like it's, you know, this is it. So it's one and done. Well, last week, my buddy texts me like and t- two weeks ago, actually, I get these guys after I did my final piece. And a whole bunch of Star Wars groups and, and these, these dudes um, Kyra cave. And they were, they reached out and they're like, Hey, um, would you like to, we want to have you on the show. And I'm like, Star Wars and art and Looney Tunes. (laughs) Yeah. And then the guy who the guy who's the moderator of it is building his own Marvin, the Martian Mando helmet, which I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, we're, so I went on that show and then I had other buddies of mine. We're in a couple of, I'm in a couple of Star Wars Facebook groups. And my buddies are in a bunch of others and they're they would message me the post. They're like, you're in this group. I'm like, what? And I'd go look and there's like 30,000 likes on the thing with like 8,000, 9,000 shares and like a thousand some comments. And I'm like, <laughs> right. And so that was, that was nuts. And then on top of that, uh, they would, that was getting picked up all over the place and it would just start sprouting in other groups. So this dude would let me know. He's like, dude, you're, this is like the seventh time I've seen you today on a different group. And I'm like, Oh, and they're just picking up my sketches. And out of the 15, they would post a bunch or some or whatever Boba Fett groups, you name it. And it's going nuts. And like, it's six digits as far as like the pickup on all those groups of people actually liking, commenting, all that kind of stuff. Well, the cherry on top was one of my other buddies texts. He screenshots and texts me a tweet. I'm not, Rarely do I use Twitter. It's enough for me to use Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And, uh, and so I'm really not on Twitter that much. And he t- texted me a screenshot on Twitter. And uh, it's Daniel Logan. And if you're familiar with Daniel Logan, he's Young Boba Fett from Attack of the Clones, right? Mm-hmm. And he tweeted out one of my pieces. And he's like, this is so cool and whatever. And I'm like, and, I, and he's like, Young Boba Fett likes your stuff. And I'm like, what? Well, <laughs> funny enough. Some people got like mine's my my tag is Ben Olson underscore art right. There's also a guy who's Ben Olson art. Well, Daniel Logan put Ben Olson art all one thing, and this guy got tagged in Facebook and other places, and it's hilarious because he's responding to comments and he's like, "I'm not the guy. This is the guy, right?" <laughs> and, and then he would retag my thing, which which was very nice of him. He didn't have to do that. And so Dan, I, I tweeted out to Daniel Logan. And so to my buddy, I'm like, Hey dude, thank you so much for, you know, tweeting all my stuff. This is really awesome. Um, it, that's actually like, here's my actual tag. So then he reposted and he was like, I'm so sorry. Well, I'm like, dude, you're sorry. Fine. Mm-hmm. So he retweets and then he tweeted out another thing. Right. And wow. I'm like, I'm like Daniel Logan. I'm like, how freaking cool is that? One of the, one of the living Boba Fetts is out there, like loving the stuff that's going on. So then I did the sketch I just showed you, which was uh, it's a father son kind of thing is what I named it. And uh, Django um, and has purple ice cream because we all know what happens with a purple lightsaber later on. And, you know, and then, uh, and then Boba Fett's got little Boba's got like a little red and then a little green scoop of ice cream because the green is Luke's Jedi Saber. So <laughs> you can kind of see where that kind of comes in. And it, they have cloud city carbonite ice cream. I've got the, the little prices for one scoop and two scoop are the years <laughs> that they came out. So 1980 is the one scoop and it's $19.80. And then for $20.02, you know, you can have, uh, um, you can have two scoops. Wow. So. Yeah. Right. And so um, (laughs) that out and I tagged him on Twitter and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, thanks so much for your tweeting this out, dude. Like I appreciate the the nods. This is for you. And then he went like, I, I screenshotted that. It was hilarious. (laughs) He tweeted it out and it just went nuts. Wow. And then, and then it was getting picked up again in the other groups. And I'm like, Holy crap. So we're in the hundreds of thousands of views comments interactions with this series that started out for me being like man Boba Fett and Marvin i could totally make that into something right <laughs> just having fun with it and then it's become this thing and so right. i what what i love about it is george lucas and here's the tie in right here's the tie in between star wars and and looney tunes george lucas uh has openly said that chuck jones was one of his big inspiration right
3: so is Hamill. hamel's also a huge warner's fan
4: hamel's a huge warner fan right so guess what's going to happen when i start doing the obi-wan series i'm going to tweet out to mark Hamill. um and so it's you have the influence of chuck on you know like you, you look at what his legacy is like and chuck's legacy continues to live on and grow and expand Byron Howard, who just won another award for Encanto directed that, you know, Zootopia, all that kind of stuff. There's so much that Chuck's legacy, how many people he's influenced. And not just in the arts, but everywhere. And what I think is awesome is you see these like, you know, Spielberg credits as well. um, John Lasseter. And so for me, George Lucas being inspired and then creating this entire movement, you Mm -hmm. know, that is just, It's, it's a thing. Right. And I love, and I love being in it because it's just fun. So I have like two of some of my favorite things and, and the man who influenced all this stuff, including me, right. (laughs) uh, Is it, it all comes back to Chuck. And so I, I just, I love it. I love the mashup. I love the fact that the Chuck Jones gallery guys just give me a wide berth and they let me just go crazy with whatever and, uh, and I'm super grateful for that because what I've found in, especially in the comments that have come back and I try to keep up as best as possible, the Facebook thing, I lost it. I couldn't like, I, by the time I got like 50 comments and trying to respond to people be like, Hey man, thank you so much. As I'm finding myself on different groups. I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't, yeah. <laughs> on my, on my, but on my Instagram, I try and it's difficult because they cap it at like a hundred mm-hmm. and man, if I don't hit that, like in an hour, less than an hour, half an hour, I'll hit a hundred. But if there's a comment in there, they may be like 140 down. I'm not going to see that 40. So I try to like spend a couple hours every week and like hunt through my posts to make sure I respond to as many people as possible. But what I found is some really awesome comments of people that love both worlds as well. And especially with everything going on right now, you know, and everything that we've been through in the last couple of years, I'm just, I'm doing stuff that I enjoy doing that brings me like, I love art. I love all the facets of art, fine art, pop art, you know, uh, impressionism you name it you know i went to the monet exhibit here when it was downtown like but i i'm i'm doing things that i love doing that's happiness and joy and like bringing these worlds all together and other people are finding that and making that something of their own also and and i love it and i'd love just being a part of it so it's it's a huge blessing and it's chuck's legacy and, and the impact that he's had on me and i unfortunately I never got to meet him But, um, but, you know, I read his books, I obviously know the family really well. And, you know, I'm a part of the center there. I'm a part of the gallery, I'm a part of all the other stuff they're going. And so to be to be able to live in this and do this, especially with the guys like Linda's father, right, Craig's Mm -hmm. grandfather, that's I've got to touch the art supplies. I mean, I got I got all, you know, and so for me, like, this is something that's extremely special. And that I feel very honored to be a part in. And so every time I go out and I sketch a little something or do whatever, I'm always kind of mindful of, you know, Chuck and just, and then his just endless creativity of like, just go try this, you know? And, uh, and I kind of imbue, try to imbue that spirit in what I do.
3: I have a quick question for you. (laughs) How long does it take you to do drawing? Because I remember one time when I was at one of the events, you drew something in my autograph book. Mm-hmm.
2: How,
3: how long does it take you to draw something?
4: So, like, the stuff that I do for sketches, they usually take me a few hours.
3: Yeah.
0: Now, I, I don't know. what about, like, the painting behind you that you're using as your backdrop here? How long does it take to do something like that? That was probably about seventy hours. Oh wow! Okay. Oh god!
3: <laughs> Mark, are you glad you? Was, oh, Mark, Mark, what kind of, um, <laughs> what kind of, what kind of Instagram following have the Harveyville times gotten
0: you? I use Instagram, so poorly it's unbelievable um i don't even have a picture of myself on it i have just stupid photos of things that i find amusing and i just stick them up there and even those get like random you know hits and comments and stuff like that i'm going whatever because i i've never really embraced instagram i've always been kind of a facebook guy i was originally a myspace guy uh, I don't really get Twitter either. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's not like I don't get it. I just, don't, I don't have a use for it. Right. Um, I do promote like these podcasts when the podcasts are done. Yeah. you know, I'll put them up on Twitter and I'll put them up. I don't put it on Instagram. I probably should, but it doesn't have an automatic link there. So, but I put it on Facebook. I put it on LinkedIn of all things. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, it's like, yeah, I still well. get the most response from YouTube itself where this video version goes or, um, on Facebook. So that's why I don't real. sometimes Twitter and a great, well, it depends on who the guest is.
4: Well, yeah. You know, I found that with, so for me in Instagram, like Facebook, I'll connect with people. i you know, I, I I tune out a lot because they're especially with politics and everything else. I kind of steer clear, you know, there's enough drama in my daily life where I don't, you know, I don't need that. So I filter it and I'll use it to, you know, random stuff here and there. But, but Instagram to me was so like when Tumblr was a thing, which I don't even know if it is still a thing, but that was like an artist playground. And that's where, you know, I, I'm like, I, I want an inspirational source. And like, I know guys and gals that I really like their stuff and I'll pull from here. And Instagram to me is like, I have good friends that i that I connect with. But for the most part, almost, almost entirely, it's good friends in something creative or Mm -hmm. something like, and and then that's, and Instagram is my playground for that. So, and I'll I'll be honest with you, I don't freaking know what I'm doing on Instagram either. I post (laughs) some stuff, right? I post some stuff. I hashtag some stuff. um, I switch my account to a business account. I'll pay to promote things every once in a while, but it's just getting things out there. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell you why you know, like I, there was no method where like, if you do this, you can grow right. your follow list or whatever. No, I yeah. had like, I, I from where I was even in mid December to where I am now was like night and day. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you like, it, to me, it's kind of like not luck of the draw cause I don't believe in luck, but um, maybe some more relevant stuff, maybe whatever. And it's just, it's, I find it, I, I like the business behind figuring things out in there like, okay, I'm like, well, if that worked, then what about this? And that's kind of the entrepreneurial part of me is like using Instagram as a source to connect with like, I, I find myself having more of a like-minded audience in there, yep. you know? Um, and I, again, I don't, I don't use Twitter a ton. I just started with Daniel Logan. I'm like, maybe I'll change up my profile. Like, maybe that's a good idea because this thing has been around since I couldn't, when Twitter started, I'm like, maybe it's time to update that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah
3: I okay. I just I use Facebook and I use but I also what I do is if I have a blog post or something I'll have like an app that will post automatically to LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter automatically. Hmm. Um yeah, actually I'll do, go, I'll do that yeah, yeah, but um um I was going to also ask you the thing that caught my eye more than anything is the Spider-Man one.
4: Oh the Wiley e. Coyote. I I'll I
3: I think that, that was cool.
4: Thank you. I, so the, you know, when stuff comes out, like I'm going to do a Batman one with Wiley Coyote in his bat suit, not a Batman suit in his green bat suit. Right. right because right. to me, it's funnier to have him as bat suit Wily in what Chuck did. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm going to have him next to a Roadrunner, which is his Batmobile. Right. But it's the like Plymouth Roadrunner. <laughs> and, uh, and so like when it came to like Spider-Man stuff, I'll, I'll get be like, Hey, man, could you do like a crossover with. Spidey and like Wiley and whatever acme stuff. I'm like, yeah. And so <laughs> like, I'm like, but what would it like if you put Wiley in a situation like that, does it make sense for him to be like in an Iron Man suit? And what? Yeah. Cause acme could totally deliver that like a doc ox suit. Yeah. Cause that's totally acme. Right. So like, and, and is he going to totally screw it up? Absolutely. He's going to screw it up because that's <laughs> the funny part. So like the dynamite that he gets trapped over his head when he's all entangled in the arms, it's going to blow up. That dude's going to get stinged. And uh, and I had a blast like that one sold, I think right away. But um, that one, I had a I have a, a blast with that because for me too, like there's something in like a little miniature story, right? So can you tell a one frame story? And then I get to play with these guys, you know, to pull that off. So. I had I'm, a quick question I, for I you also. Yes.
3: Um, I know that you've done some art for um, Hanna-Barbera stuff, too. You've done some. You thought about combining Star Wars and, like, a Flintstones thing?
4: I'm, yes. So I, I go back and forth between doing Star Wars or doing something like Marvel. And I think you could pull off a Star Wars, you know, with Flintstones. Um, I
0: think I'd see, rather see Star Wars and Jetsons. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, <laughs>
4: but here's the thing with Jetsons: is uh, the gallery doesn't have the license for the Jetsons. Oh, they have, okay. They've got Scooby Doo. They've got Scooby Doo. They've got. got uh uh-huh.
0: um, Well, Scooby
3: Doo is not as fun.
4: <laughs> no, but I'm Scooby-Doo.
3: like Scooby's boring. So
4: I'm not. You know, like the Hanna Barbera stuff to me, like there. I did a Dino piece. And, like, even, even there, like, if, I, if I'm going to get into Flintstones, um, I want to do something that nobody else has really done or looked at uh, in a way that nobody else has looked at.
0: Here's one for you. Okay, this yeah. is how it will work for Star Wars. Uh, the Flintstone flyer. Use that in outer space. You know, like being chased by the Death Star. Or what, yeah. Not the Death Star, but, you know, the Imperials. Ships, yes,
4: you know. <laughs> you know, actually, it it could be really funny because, in, in,
0: if, or instead of yeah, X-wing fighters, you could have you, you could have them doing the you know, the Flintstone flyer, and and the phrase would be "We're going in," you know, or something into the trench or whatever.
4: Well, you know, what, you know what's great about that is like three
0: ideas you, for you. There we go. Yes.
4: Well, <laughs> I would love I'll, to see. I will. It, so. I will make sure to give you credit if you <laughs> if you if you think about it. Like you take Stone Age and Space Age, they both yeah. start with S's. So yeah. there's. But to have something that's so antiquated with yeah. so modern and then try to pull that off, I'm yeah. like, you're on to something. You boys are on to something. I'm going to have to do
3: <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, that was I kind mean,
0: of the whole point of the, the
4: Ewok <laughs> battle
0: in
3: Return I mean, of the Jedi. I think the you Flintstones know? would still work better because, I mean, I guess Star Wars, I guess, is from a long time ago. I still don't understand why it's a long time ago instead of a long time in the future, but...
4: But hey, it's light years, right? So by the time it reaches us,
0: well, you know, there, there's some people that actually say this is that uh, the Jetsons is actually the show from the past, and that the Flintstones is the show from the future after the apocalyptic. I've, I've <laughs> also I've, <laughs> you know? I've, I've also
3: heard I've also heard it to where the Flintstones, the Jetsons the Flintstones is just what's below the Jetsons to where oh. like I guess I guess I guess oh, the high-rise on land, land okay yeah.
4: I would say like, it's like middle earth like are yeah. we doing middle <laughs> earth? The, yeah. the,
0: the poor people <laughs> they only have their stone age automobiles and everything yeah. they don't have the flying cars so, yeah that's funny um no um yeah I, now that I'm thinking about that it, you know, it'd be interesting to get the Flintstones in there, but yeah, the Jetsons is the obvious one, but yeah, I I didn't know you didn't have the license there.
3: Now, now, of course, Mark has Mm. the same opinion of Scooby-Doo that I do. It's just a boring character.
0: I never liked it, unfortunately. And My sister liked it. You know, we watched it when it first went on the air. And I'd watch it because my sister liked it. And it's like the only early series on Scooby-Doo I liked is the, the new Scooby-Doo movies. And the reason why is because they had all the celebrity guest stars. So yeah, I love that Mark, series. Mark, yes. you wanted to see
3: Laurel and Hardy team up with Scooby-Doo.
0: I love that. Yeah. <laughs> although, although as a kid, I didn't know that they had already passed. So I thought, you know, how come they didn't get the real voices? Uh, you know, it's like, you know. Because, you know, I'm a little kid. I don't know, you know, because they did get the real voices for most of the characters. They didn't for the Three Stooges, but like most no. of the other ones, they did. You know, Don, nuts, you know, whatever, you know. Dick so, Van Dyke. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, surely they could have found Laurel and Hardy. I just saw them in a movie, <laughs> not knowing that they had died 10, 15 years earlier, but, you know, anyway. Wait, wait, let me get a way. question in. Er, you know, um, do you always have to do mashups or you just prefer to do mashups
4: then? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, i the mashups to me are stuff that comes to, so okay. like when I'm doing stuff like this, so I just did a piece for the gallery and it was the 70th anniversary of Mark Anthony. Mm. And, and I did a piece called bake sale and it's, you know, he's, it, it to me, it was the story after the cookie fiasco, right? And feed the kitty. And, and so he's gotten over that and now he's raising some funds. And so they bake these little canine cookies and I mean like Marvin the Martians canine and they're all frosted and they've got little, you know, pussyfoot is sitting there on the bake sale, you mm-hmm. know, would put together like little thing and Porky's there with Rover and, uh you know, they go to buy one. And then in the background is a very tiny Daffy Duck and his rabbit fire dog, you know, thing peeking around because he wants one and they're for they're for dogs. So I'll I'll do stuff like that. And like officials like I have other things coming out. Uh maybe they're baseball related officially. (laughs) And uh you know with certain teams and and other collaborations with other guys who I totally admire and one in particular, which there's some things percolating on and some concepts going back and forth. And so I do stuff like that. And then I'll do like traditional, I, I say using the characters in more of the traditional form, but just coming up with my own stuff. So like scenic route, you know, stuff like that. And then the mashups to me are for one, you'll probably only ever see them in sketch form um, mm-hmm. because that's not for me to go and paint and 70 hours. <laughs> like, you know, there, there are certain things that I'm like, man, I would really love to paint that. And, huh. and painting wise and see that there's a difference too in like what the gallery wants. So like when I do paintings, I have to submit concept sketches. So like the 70th anniversary of, of Mark Anthony, um, I submitted my first concept sketch because they are like, Hey, we'd like you to have you do the 70th piece. I'm like, awesome. And so um, I, I did one and then mm-hmm. that it hit, but it didn't totally hit. And then I did another one and then mm-hmm. another one and then another one. <laughs> and by the time I got to the fourth one, I got it. And so I do that and then that gets approved. Right. And then I go to paint sketches. I just go, I just go. And and, and I don't have to have those pre-approved. They can just be whatever. So they did a, we did a Pepe Le Pew and Penelope and I did one with the two of them. And it was this idea of like, I had done a colored pencil sketch where she's dumping perfume all over him. He just looks like a miserable wet cat. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he's, he smells great now. And, uh, <laughs> And then, so this piece was like, um, it's, I called it anything for love and it was the traditional sense of the two of them. So it wasn't a mashup, but it was more to give a middle finger at cancel culture as well. <laughs> and, and So I have Peppy, and you know, he's got his chocolates and his roses and he's swooning her and she, and he doesn't, he's, he's got the nose pin on as she's spritzing him. So she, he doesn't mind that he's, he's like, whatever. I love you. You go, if that's what you need to make me smell better, that's fine and they did uh, a limited edition that lasted 48 hours so you had to buy you had to purchase one of two sizes and then I would I would uh, do a remark on the one and in 48 hours and they sold a crap load like gone and so I'm sitting there doing all that stuff so that's the traditional stuff in the sketch the mashups to me are like stuff just makes sense and I'm like I'm like why why wouldn't like what I'm gonna do with Mickey? I'm putting Mickey and Bugs in the and they're it's called Joyride. I haven't sketched it yet, but I'm going to and it's gonna be an ink and marker and it's them in um what's the name of the taxi cab? Like Benny? Benny the ben, cab. Right? Yeah, Benny the Cab. So I'm putting them in Benny the Cab and they're going for a joyride and like Bugs is drifting Benny as like Mickey's hanging on for dear life and they're around and I'll put something in the back that's relevant, but it's stuff like that. I'm like wouldn't if, if they were cartoon, wouldn't they totally hang out and do that kind of stuff? Like you've got the two Kings of each, you know, of each uh, network, you know, or, or each studio. And yeah, they would totally do that. So I find the mashup stuff to just be like the series on Boba Fett. I did not intend to be 15 drawings. when I, started. <laughs> I intended it to be like, here's the one that I think is fun of him in the cantina. And, and then I thought about it again, like, well, this is actually fun. And then it, grew
0: if you sure. had the ideas why not
4: <laughs> and, and that's the best part of like they just kind of keep sprouting and i i i can never turn my brain off so i have a list of stuff and if i come up with an idea i'll write it down if i don't have the time right there <laughs> to attack it but like this one for that i did with django and boba marvin marvin the martians i'm like i got to do it right now and i and it was one of those things that it had to be in the moment like things are happening like the batman that i'm going to do with batman, it's got to be like relevant to what's going on that's what i like about the mashup stuff for the most part when right. i'm doing mashups, it's relevant to something that's going on currently <laughs> no. um oh.
3: i have a quick question though by the way um were you doing the mashups at all when the last time we spoke no you know,
0: Oh, I thought you did. I thought I remembered you doing them. You were um, just starting out doing them, I think, if I remember correctly. Because we talked a little bit about Marvel stuff. We talked a little bit about Star Wars stuff. And it seemed like you were talking about I don't remember
3: him doing mashups, though. I remember I'll have you to doing... listen
0: to the show again. But, you know, it just seems like I remember. You know, the... I remember you showing us. But it wasn't to this bat... level. It wasn't to this level where you are doing it. I remember you <laughs> showing us.
4: Go ahead.
3: I remember you showing us the Baton Bunny thing that was behind you.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe I was just kind of like dabbling in a, like, that. Ah, this would be funny, you know, but nothing, to, nothing to what I'm doing right. with it. Now. And what's, what's cool is again, like I'm the, the audience that's picking this stuff up and like making it their own, saving it, sharing it, commenting, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I love that. Be, like we're all nerding out on the same stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, and, and this, I, this thing, like my brain never shuts off. So to have stuff just kind of keep coming out. And again, usually it's relevant to something that's going on a movie hits, a show, whatever, Mm -hmm. something's going on to be like, ah, that, Uh, yeah.
0: So who gets the originals on these? Or you just keep them because you can't really sell them. Is that the case or can you sell them?
4: So I don't, the the way it works is anything that has to do with Hanna-Barbera Looney Tunes. And that includes mashup stuff yeah um, if it's got a, if it like any of the looney tunes i don't mm-hmm. i do not sell that um oh, okay. the, the gallery sells that because that's i have a contract with those guys I and, mm-hmm. and so and i would i i don't even i don't even take you know like commissions uh, mm-hmm. if it's a commission and it has something to do with an ip that i have a contract with them for i i route them right to the gallery i'm like it's mm-hmm. not worth it's not worth whatever the whatever that little sum of money is to jeopardize a relationship like that right so, so i got a
3: free ride basically on my yeah, autograph like
4: Did get a free ride on that but actually <laughs> autographs are a little bit
0: different i mean it's like geez if you're doing a little sketch and stuff like yeah. that
4: because... but like
0: this stuff is
4: and anything anything in this element especially if they ask me and they're like hey could you do could you play in this world and i'm like sure and then i'll send them something um I do not sell that like if it's something that I've already showed them specifically like whatever it is and and definitely if it's Looney Tunes or Hanna-Barbera related they get them all and then Mm -hmm. they then sell those.
3: But I mean I guess since they don't have a Jetsons license you could do
4: it. I could do it well even even if I did because they have the Hanna-Barbera stuff and I did like an original sketch I would just I'd be like hey you know. You, you
0: said you said you don't have the jetson's license is there any restrictions on looney Tunes? uh can you do any looney Tune past present or future whatever? can you like do
3: Tom and Jerry or some of like the m g m characters
0: yeah, yeah do, do those count as looney Tunes nowadays yeah
4: okay well no because they, they have so they have certain licenses like there's certain oh, publishing okay. houses like one has Marvel you know collector's editions has Disney stuff like that okay. um, I can do Tom and Jerry I can do mm-hmm. um uh Flintstones, I can do uh scooby doo under the under the that kind of side of things. Um, especially because Chuck was, you know, Chuck did the Tom and Jerry cartoons. So right. that and then Looney Tune stuff is I anything.
0: So it can even be yeah.
4: like things like
0: Inky or something that's not really politically correct if you wanted to, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean um, that's a Chuck Jones character anyway, but yeah. And I just have one <laughs>
3: curious question. Nowadays, is like the tech Savory characters are they under the Tom and Jerry label? Do you think,
4: like Droopy or? The That's wolf? a great question. I don't. I don't. I don't know. And, and you know, I'd have to ask. And and I think too, part of it is, and I'll notice artists that pick up certain characters and they find like an affinity for those characters. So like mine, I love Wiley Coyote and I love Marvin the Martian. Like there's like there's something about. Wiley's that dude is persistent and he just he tries and tries and you, fails and fails and I love that
0: have you so, done anything with those two characters together
4: Wiley and Marvin yeah not yet okay but, but so like,
0: it'd, it'd be an interesting painting or drawing to have them like plotting something you know I, I stand corrected, <laughs> I stand corrected.
4: Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so the next big thing and this is straight up Looney Tunes Mm-hmm. That's, that's coming that i that I started I, I launched it in September of last year at the at, a, at an event out in California. And it's the steampunk world of Marvin the Martian right and it's called oh, yes, it's called conquer earth. And the whole idea about like there, there was something I did some they, they had a Marvin madness last March. And I did like four Marvin sketches two basketball related based on Michael Jordan stuff. Cause that's my dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then two, um, that were like these steam, like steampunk style drawings. And the steampunk thing was interesting to me because I'm like, man, I could, like, I'm looking at the characters in canine and Marvin and, you know, Daffy and like, what if they were in the steampunk world? And like, it just seems like it could fit and it went nuts. And so I'm like, there's a story here. So conquer, conquer earth. Is a like thirty to thirty-two piece set that I'm currently working on, and it's planets A through Z that includes X, even though it's going <laughs> up, X, right? Yeah. And it's and then there's like an intro piece, a title piece, which is already sold. There's a me, a middle piece. So I'm I'm looking to do them in three batches of planets, and the whole idea behind it is. Planet X blew up, right? And it was the shaving cream, atom. Marvin was going to corner the like. L- look at us, Mark. Look at these glorious years. <laughs> like, if, if they wouldn't have blown up that shaving cream plant, and so Marvin, <laughs> not oh, have one eventually, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> so, so like Marvin, I just
3: shaved before this, so I'm good.
0: All right,
4: I'll I'll take your word for that. I used to so, shave.
0: It, it's it's overrated. It is overrated,
4: <laughs> and so. Um, Marvin's pissed because he was going to corner the market on shaving cream, right? That dude had it. He was, he was going to mint it. That was his jam and Dodgers comes in, blows up the whole thing. And now he's furious. Well, where does Dodgers come from earth? So what's he going to do? It's time for revenge, right? So conquer earth is all about uh, uh, Marvin the Martian and his crew of villains, which is canine is his, you know, loyal sidekick. You've got Wiley coyote, Who's a steampunk Wiley. He's, he's the inventor of things, right. Of machines and whatever, and all this kind of, and you've got the muscle, which is gossamer and they're all done in steampunk. They all have steampunk. So you have those four, and then you have Daffy bugs and porky because all three of those have interacted with Marvin. Um, and as a matter of fact, they, to, other than Daffy interacting with Gossamer, those characters kind of have kind of intertwined. I've got a pin set. I've done all the hats and helmets that they wear as enamel pins. So collectors of the series get to pick every time they pick a piece up, they get to pick a new pin. There's seven in total. But the whole idea is you go from planet A to Z, there's a different element on every planet and he's got to collect these elements. So I've got like the, I've got Aquanetium, right? Which is like sticky compound of of Aquanet hairspray. And then um, I've got liquid fire, which are, it's it's based off these little Hungarian peppers that my wife tried to kill me with. And uh, she did it by giving them to my neighbor to make like Ratatouille out of. And then was like, Oh, you should try this dude. When I tell you I wasn't crying, I was sweating from my eyeballs, okay <laughs> It wasn't tears, it wasn't tears. It was just my body was melting and so, um, so there's a liquid fire because you need a, like, uh, you need something for like an explosive element. and then like I've got um, hevonium the havonium, what a, Helios hevonium, which is a lead balloon right because you need something to drop bombs with. And every planet has a different element to it. And it's about, and not all the characters show up on every cover. So it's like a comic book cover, right, for each one. And it kind of like gives you the intro onto what's going on in that world. So I've got one that's a dry ice planet. And Porky is the only one that shows up with the good guys. And he has he has totally gotten the, the villains drunk in this dry ice bar, right? And it's and there's two martini glasses next to Chuck's portrait because those those two martini lunches. And then Willie Ito and his famous like too many martinis lunch that he passed out at Chuck's office with. Well, Wiley, Wiley, Willie Ito Coyote is passed out on the bar. So, um, so there's a whole series of this. And by the time I'm done, I'm going to, I'm going to all of the originals, they're all in colored pencil with a couple of paintings in, and then um, I'm going to do a book that's all about steampunk Marvin. And it's straight up like it's, 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 I guess a mashup between steampunk and Looney Tunes, but the Marvin and Wiley are in a whole bunch of covers on that. So, yes, to your question, those two do play with each other.
0: It's too bad that any of these ideas you do, the steampunk or anything else, can't be spun off into actual animated cartoons since they're making new ones and or even comic books because they still have an occasional new story in the Looney Tunes comic book and things like that you know, it's, it's weird or even a feature length movie and, instead of Space Jam you know have, you know
3: a Mark will agree Looney with the Tunes same thing movie, with, you know? Mark will agree with the same thing with me we've just never been Space Jam fans
4: So I'll say this. Um, First of all, thank you. I I would love, like, when I think of a storyline of this, and if I'm going to do 32 or whatever it is, pieces in a series like this, there's got to be something that weaves it in. Like, it's not just random stuff that happens. It's the storyline, right? So Space Jam to me, like the original Space Jam, I thought was cheesy. I thought it was great when I was a kid. I watched it like a few years ago with Mm -hmm. my other kids and I was like, wow, I like that. And then I watched, (laughs) wait, wait. And then I watched space jam too. And what a train wreck dumpster. Fire. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, all this is, and I, I can't stand LeBron James. I really can't. I couldn't stand him when he first got into the league because I think he's just a whiny egotistical self-absorbed entitled baby. Okay. Mm. Is he talented? Sure. But it's not like Mark, when you and I watched, if you watch and back in the day, whether it was Jordan bird, you know, Johnson, Barkley, like there was a, there was a different feel about the league then. To right. Where now. And to me, LeBron can try to, when, when you proclaim yourself as the King, right. No. It's like anybody's saying like, well, I'm the greatest. No. no, no. If you're telling if you're telling yourself to other people that you're the greatest, you're not the greatest. No.
0: I'm not going to say either space jam film is like Oscar winning. <laughs> no. Citizen Kane type stuff. But I will give the nod to the first one over the second one just because, you know, I've seen Michael Jordan, like, that episode where he hosted Saturday Night Live. I mean, the boy can act, you know, at least. You know, LeBron can't act at all, and it's, no. it's painful to watch on that level. Um, strangely enough, commercial. I did chuckle oh, a few oh, times on the second Space Jam, but it's not like it's great cinematography, I'm just or c- cinema. I'm just like, I, I think it's more desperation that I want to a feature-length Looney Tunes film that has new material. (laughs) It's like, um, because it it, it bugs me that there is never to this day been a feature-length Looney Tunes film that's all animated. You know, the best we get is like those compilation films, you know, the Looney Tunes Roadrunner film, you know, I mean, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner film, the Looney, Looney, Looney Bugs Bunny movie, those type of things, you know. It's like, and they have archival footage, which is fine, but... Unfortunately, it makes it stick out like a sore thumb. The new footage that you know makes those films painful to watch as well. So. Yeah, and I'm yeah
3: not... I I have to be honest. I didn't hate back in action as much as I dislike Space Jam. I'm one of the few yeah. people who actually liked that a little bit more. Yeah, I just don't like great. all the live
0: action stuff. You know, that's, no, really yeah, it. that's exactly yeah. Right. yeah, that's exactly
3: right. Yeah, exactly right. But I'm like, I agree with Chuck what he said about the Space Jam, though. What Chuck Jones said about the first Space Jam was that, you see, if it was my Bugs Bunny, he wouldn't, like, need to hire some NBA star to fight against a bunch of monsters. <laughs> and
4: and, and, see, and, and that's, that's where I think the key is to this. I, I had somebody at a at another gallery, right, not Chuck Jones galleries. It was another gallery I went to, and they were, we were discussing, like, Disney and, and Looney Tunes and stuff like that. And they're like, well, like you could put Mickey and Minnie in any situation. Right. And if you think about it, they're general characters. So you mm-hmm. could really do, but for you couldn't really do that with Looney Tunes characters because it wouldn't make sense to put Wiley in whatever situation. And, and, and they're like, so, you know, they, they were making kind of this thing, like kind of knocking it a little bit. And I'm like, hold on a second. And this is where I think the Space Jam, you know, um, tie-in comes in. If you're or even the the new films that they're doing. If you you take the characters and you understand who they are, Chuck, what Chuck did to develop them, the Chuck films are still my all time favorite Looney Tunes animated films. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: And if you take those films and you understand the characters and who they are, you can put them in all kinds of things that Mm -hmm. make sense to that scenario. So to your point on Space Jam, it, and I'm forget Space Jam too, right? Wreck, burn it, blow it up. That doesn't need to ever happen again. And, <laughs> but if you look at like the first Space Jam, you know, or, or where they put them in those scenarios, they're, they're taking characters. And, and to me, it's, it's, it's lazy writing, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, oh, well, we have this IP. We should probably do something with it because are they really wanting the money from the film? No. What do they want? They want to push more merchandise. That's where the money is. So they come out with another thing, right? And then put Bugs Bunny's face all over it. When instead, to your point, Mark, you know, and I I look at something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Mm -hmm. You could do things that make sense with the characters, write a great story to it, animate the thing, right? And do something brilliant. And I, I just, I don't think they have. I don't think the studio right now is. I think it's more just like a stamp it, stamp it, go. Right. And that's what's unfortunate to me because these char- Bugs Bunny's a rich character. Daffy Duck. Right. Look at how Chuck developed these characters and how you know their personalities came through, which is why we love the films the way we do. Right.
3: Yeah. I still and think. And the point something- about LeBron also was like, is like Chuck always would say. Like, you know, if you read his autobiography, he keeps mentioning Frizz Freeling films, mainly Freeling and Avery.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, which, the thing about that is, like, I always thought that sometimes I also think that the studios don't even look at the other directors. Like, they might just look at, like, with the problem with Space Jam 2 also is that they seem to, at least with the first one, you know, it almost is like there's like you know, fifteen minutes of Warner Brothers characters. At least with the first one, they're in the mainly the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because the, for the because the second one, the the Looney Tunes characters are almost like just like you know, in like half an hour of the whole two hour film.
4: They're afterthoughts.
0: There's, yeah. there's a bunch of other characters that aren't anything. I mean, they're they're all just. Like what would you say? IPs?
4: <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's it. And, you know, I it's found the IP, myself the
0: IP film. You know, so.
4: <laughs> well, and if you look, if you look in that when they're in arena, yep. what did you find? I found myself going to pick out all the characters when in they're instead of yep. paying attention to what was going on in the movie. Yep, I and, did, and that that's too. what it was. It was one giant intellectual property movie of all of Warner Brothers stuff. Yeah,
0: that's it. And, and that's, now, it. if I had the reins of everything, the film I always wanted. In since you're a Chuck Jones fan, you would know this. You know, there's enough material there in Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century and Hairway to the Stars to do something of feature length that would work. And you could still incorporate all the other characters, maybe in cameo roles, not starring roles, but somehow, you know, because they did the Scarlet Pumpernickel, we can... Don't go there too. And I think that's also a Chuck Jones one, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there, those three, you know, it's like, so you can do something, you know, it wouldn't, and it doesn't have to be a parody of Star Wars or Star Trek or uh, anything that's gone before. It can be just generic science fiction film, but with Looney Tunes and no live action people in it at all, you know? No.
3: Yeah. I mean, they were able to make a whole half hour television series out of Duck Dodgers.
0: So yeah. why yeah. can't
3: they make a whole? movie out of it
0: i don't know and they have made feature-length films by disney with all disney characters and no live action people so there's proof that even though these are so- short subject characters they can make a feature length that the story's good enough you know well, and, so.
4: and i think you have you have enough personality in those characters to mm-hmm. where character arcs would make sense yeah. like you could bring something from beginning to end and not have it, you know, just be one long commercial for why I should buy another t-shirt with a Bugs Bunny face on it. But like something actually meaningful, you know, in there. And I agree with you.
3: However, I don't th- – I think that certain characters don't work for an entire two-hour film. No, I, think the that, Road yeah, Runner, I agree with you. Yeah, I think the Roadrunner or Peppy Le Pew probably would not work for two hours. Yeah. No, but
4: I think, you know what, Mark, you know, in your reference – you you've got marvin can um you know when you mix that ensemble with marvin bugs daffy porky as a sidekick like there's certain characters they can hold their own for and they can be as the staple and i agree you know then you bring in the cameo stuff if you want to or you surround you know with secondary things which is fine because it just enhances whatever yeah. the storyline is mm-hmm.
0: like you know as an example if you wanted to get roadrunner and coyote into the film. You know, somewhere along the line, they travel to a planet that's a, just a desert planet, like a Tatooine, and yes. there they are zipping around, just chasing each other. You know, something like that. Yes. You know, and it would you wouldn't even have to make mention right. of it. You just see it zoom, zoom, and everybody and go me, me. You know, and everybody yes. would laugh. And there's your appearance. They're right. in the film. You know, and you know. <laughs> yes,
4: <laughs> I agree. I, I I would love I would love if they if they tackled it in that way you know, and you bring, you know, a really good writing team in. I could
0: write the script. er. (laughs) You write
4: write the script, like you you find the humor, you know, because what I love, what I love about what Chuck would write, you know, and how they would do things is they would write to make the, like, if they didn't laugh, it wasn't funny, Mm -hmm. you know, and they weren't, they weren't dumbing it down to the audience either, which is what I find a lot that goes on you know, in the newer stuff is it's a dumbing down of things. Like it's, it's playing to the least common denominator. When, you know, when I look at the original films that Chuck's done, you know, I laughed as a kid, but I'm laughing at the action that's going on. Right. right? And, and I, and, and I get all that. And then when I get older, I understand all the other references that are going on. Yeah.
0: If you're, are going to write a good Looney Tunes script, whoever does it, (laughs) don't do this bit that they tend to do with Looney Tunes that they have done for the last 40 years or 50 years is, you know, kind of like, hey, this is that joke again. Get it? You know, it's like, right. you know, it's like, yeah, just, I don't do understand. The jo- just do the joke. You don't have to say, here's Bugs saying, what's up doc again? Get um, it? You know, and it's like, right. that's kind of how like yeah. Looney Tunes does things nowadays. And it just turned You know, easy stomach, don't turn over now. There we go. So (laughs) that's my reference to that, you know. (laughs) I think
3: that, you know, it's like they want to play in the same gags, and I'm like the same 15 gags over and over and over again. They want to play, okay, well, Daffy's, you know, Daffy.
0: well they can do the same gag just do it i mean they didn't do it back in the- you know it's like you've you've seen like the 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 chimes or whatever the, the you, you know it's yeah, like they, in, yeah. in, in yeah. like Clap, ten, 10 different cartoons the same thing happens every time but it's not like the 10th time they go hey everybody remember when we did this gag and the nine other cartoons they just right. do it again you know it's like it's funny because They don't. They're not aware, even as their own characters, that we've done this before. You know, and it makes it funnier in a certain way because you know, it's like also
3: also when Clampett or Jones would use like you know powerhouse each time they did it, they were smart enough to do it a different way. They were smart enough to experiment a different way.
4: Well, I, I think what you know what's missing too is. Uh, and and I know this because when Craig and I were at the uh, Disney animation studios and we were talking to like some like Byron, you know, he mentioned some things that they, I forget who the head story guy was that we were talking with, but they would, they would, they, they grew up on this stuff. They were influenced by Chuck and his timing, you know, like good night, man. Can you, you know, well, you know, Chuck's whole thing of like, it's, that's one frame too long, you know, or like, <laughs> this is how long this happens. And, and I, I think there's, it's what I like about Pixar shorts and the fact that that's a training ground for future directors and to play with content to develop your storytelling abilities. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think that's lacking. Like when I look at the new Looney Tunes stuff and, you know, like that dynamite one they had with, with you know, uh, I okay. You know, or Daffy and the cement thing. And, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, it's just, there's something that's, there's something that's missing. Yeah. You know, and and it's it just, it doesn't have that quality of stuff that you're looking at, you know, like is someone writing that thinking that's funny for them. And then, you know, and, and you look at Chuck and what Mike Maltese. It's teach. It's intelligent humor. It's right. not just slapstick stuff. Like there's slapstick stuff in it, but it's intelligent humor. And then not only that, but the the oversensitivity, like you can't have guns, dude, I grew up on this stuff. Right. Yeah. i got i got guns my family's got what my dad brought us up on gun safety and everything like where did did my entire generation your entire generation did we grow up shooting each other no, no. you know did we grow up hitting each other over the head with hammers i don't maybe i did it once or something but, <laughs> um, you know but like the, there's certain things that like you you understand like the humor in it and and i think too as yeah. a, that stuff gets removed mm-hmm. you're just kind of like uh okay like
0: but, the closest that happened to me when I was a kid is I, I was watching, like, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour on the weekend or something, and my dad was sitting there. And I said, where do you buy dynamite anyway? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I guess you, you could at one time at the hardware store, but I don't even think you can do that now. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's not like it's easy to come by, you know. And I'm not yeah, where, where, like What just kind,
3: of child, an an yeah, what kind know, of child can lift an anvil?
0: Yeah.
4: What kind of
3: child can lift an
4: anvil? Right, I I just, I find like my, I have a three of five, a 16 and a 17, right. And you know, my, my 16 and 17 year old, I, I, they love the original Chuck Jones stuff. It's, it's still funny to them. My three and five year old love the Chuck Jones stuff. It's, it's funny to them. And when they, and when they watch the new stuff, like the, the closest thing I'd say to like, for me, like that type of humor where it's kids love it as much as adults do is like a Phineas and Ferb. I think those guys wrote some fantastic cartoons and like, and, and like that I, I get the humor as an adult, but I can also enjoy, you know, watch my kids enjoy it. And that's the thing, like with this, with this, where we're at, you know, in, in my kids and, and watching them appreciate that. And then I'll, you know, other parents would be like, I can't believe you let your kids watch that the violence and the whatever. And I'm like, really, really? I'm like, would you like to like, would you like to dissect what's currently going on in culture that you're allowing your kids to listen or watch? And then let's compare it to this. So, you know, the oversensitivity to it, I'm like, get over that. Just get over it. I think
3: that also, I think that the whole thing with that, you know, there was a lot of humor also that was topical, obviously. Yeah. You know, like, but I think it's topical in a good way too. like, you know, my favorite, my favorite Warner Brothers short of all time, and I've told this people before is Bob Clampett's the Great Piggy Man property. <laughs> um, I think that that short, it, I think that short is the equivalent to what's Opera Doc because Jones was a very cultured guy, and Clampett was just pure zany. And I think that you know we don't need to have you know cl- like and there's a scene in it where. Um, I think the scene is, it is where um, – there's a scene where the – the and I saw it the other day, and there was a scene on TV, and there was a scene where – you know where the planes shoot off of the head?
0: Mm-hmm. The Flat Top's the head?
3: Yeah, Flat Top's head. Yeah. They cut off that scene because he's, like, smoking a small cigarette. And in the scene, if you notice, the cigarette in his mouth is not even there. So all you see are these planes flying up, and, you know, he's still bombed by the planes – you know, he can still pull out the machine gun, but, you know, that little cigarette in his mouth somehow is bad, I guess.
4: <laughs> well, and, and that's why, you know, I, I had a discussion from time to time, especially because, like, Looney Tunes will come up or, you know, obviously I do this stuff, so people will ask those questions. And and I'm like, you know, think of how you, like, I think people often forget as they grow up now, like, oh, we have to, like, you, you don't have to saran wrap everything. You don't have to bubble wrap it all, you know. Um, like, let let it breathe a little bit. And then, by the way, parent your child, right? And if there's something going on that you're like, maybe that's not the best thing to do, then parent the child. But you're not going to get that from these films where there's, you know, some, like, again, some topical, I think it's good to, like, understand, like, culturally, what, like, well, all right, so what was going on? Because there's some references that I didn't get, you know, that mm-hmm. I have to be like, oh, that was what was going on in history back then. Or that's who that... T V personality. Clark
3: Gable might be and like, you know, all the references in like a Hollywood Steps Out yeah. by Avery or
4: Right. So like, you know, there's certain things I'm like, okay, but but guess what? We're gonna be doing that until the end of time because like another generation after this is gonna be like, You guys did what in twenty twenty two? You know, yeah. like so it's, it's it's a constant thing and I think there there's yeah. made of that. And there's, people forget that,
3: yeah. There's certain things I get, like, you know, if they censor magical maestro, they're gonna cut the Chinese gag. I get that because they've been doing that since like the the early the late '50s. Since those things aired on TV, they've been doing that. I get that part, but I mean, it's all the little stuff that can't like like. I think the censoring started okay, but I still don't. I still think that there's a better way to play it uncut.
4: Yeah. I, I don't think there should be honestly I don't think there should be any censorship at all. Now if you want to put something at the beginning that says hey there's certain things in context or whatever like Disney does that with some of their films, I don't have an issue with that because yeah, things were different culturally, but to send like we get into it, we get into a really tricky area when we start to censor art, music, mm-hmm. comedy, right? And and if and whatever and I I literally just had this conversation um, you know, on a show last week where you know the cancel culture stuff came up and we get into a very like it, to me it's a cannibalistic mentality and mm-hmm. 5 years from now someone's going to get offended by something that happened today which got, somebody got offended by something and it'll just continue so right. if you want to give context fine give context but the censoring of it yeah
3: i talked to our friend scott shaw one time and he and i were talking I think on an interview, I was just interviewing for a project, Mark. Mm-hmm. And he and I were talking about The Simpsons because obviously he did The Simpsons comics. And he pointed out about Apu, The Simpsons. Right. He says, well, he says, until this one little thing came up, y'all were fine with it before. And you were fine with it for, for 30 years, 31 years, and now the 30 32 years. And somehow you think that the whole thing's been a problem since day one.
4: Yeah. Right. Like, um, no, that's not <laughs> that's not how this works. Yeah.
0: The first thing I ever noticed was in the seventies. Um, I was watching Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Show or Roadrunner Hour, or whatever they called it. And it was about nineteen seventy five that they suddenly started censoring uh the uh, explosions and the aftermath and stuff like that. So you might be able to see the explosion, but you didn't see the aftermath anymore, which mm. I thought made it even scarier than before when they just would show like all dark and blown up, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, you know, um, the the one and I, you two probably know the title of this one. I think it is another Chuck Jones one. What's the name of the uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon where they're constructing the highway, and uh, you know, well, there's two.
3: There's two. There's the there's the Chuck Jones one, homeless hair, and then there's the the, the one, hot cross bunny. It's
0: probably the homeless hair, but it's the one where they eventually make the freeway around his rabbit hole.
3: Yeah, that's that's homeless hair. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that one, they used to show uncut until about 1975, and then they started cutting it, and they cut it to the point where you couldn't even understand what was going on. You know, it was like, and I would go, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, like there was other ones that they cut, like long haired hair. They cut out like, uh, you know, the the part where Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones. And then, you know, uh, he opens it up, with a stick of dynamite, that blew up. If you cut that scene out, The cartoon still makes sense. It's just a shorter cartoon. So it's okay to cut that part out if you had to. I was kind of... You really don't have to, to, though. Well, I mean, if you're cutting it for time versus whatever. But in the case of that other one, uh, all the cuts made it make absolutely no continuity sense that you just had random scenes and then the last scene is just the freeway going around bug's money's rabbit hole and it's like uh, okay i guess that was a cartoon <laughs> there's like <laughs> you know it's like, you if know. you've ever
3: seen the hunting trilogy cut the thing lasts about three three, about <laughs> three a minute. seconds yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing because they cut out the scene they cut out and all you see the whole time is daffy's bill flying around yeah yeah you don't see any gunshots no no you don't hear the gunshots <laughs>
4: Yeah. So I did, I did a, I did a painting cause rabbit, rabbit fire is one of my all time favorites and mm-hmm. I love rabbit seasoning too, but rabbit fire is my, my all time favorite in that trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so I did a painting and where they're in the forest and you know, it's, you know what to do with the gun doc. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and he's looking at Elmer and Elmer's kind of got this kind of confused, like, wait, what? And, and bugs is just leaning on his, um, leaning on his mailbox. And I did that painting right and i i've for the life I me, mean, i can't remember what i call it oh it's called shoot me now right <laughs> and and i kept the gun in and i we released it last year and uh and i had somebody i had like multiple people come up to me and be like i'm so glad you kept the gun in and and you know, <laughs> because they're like they're like why 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 all this sensitivity to whatever i'm like yeah i'm like if you know me at all you know that that's not going to happen here so i
3: think that Someone told me a story of when the gallery first opened. You know that piece that they have with the Chuck Jones characters as like a parody of The Last Supper? Yes. Somebody told me a story that when that, when the gallery, I think it was Carol that told me the story, or actually no, it may have been Craig. Mm-hmm. When the gallery first opened, they hung that outside the door, the walls. They got a bunch of conservative Christians come up to them and say, uh-uh, no, and like these conservative republican activists started saying that the 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 that this gallery is like defacing god they had to take it down or something wow. <laughs> like it made it made the california it made if you look it up it actually made the headline a headline
0: you should go ben you should go to the full extreme uh just do a painting of like dynamite, you know, and plunger and uh, rifle and all sorts of things. Just subtitle it, the real stars of the Looney Tunes.
4: Yes, every <laughs> acne explosive device, yeah. yes. put it all in one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I find, like, you know, there's, there's the humor that comes with things. You know, so I go back to a Chuck quote, right? And it's, and, and it's when he says, you know, always take your work, but never yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to a good, like I, that, that you got to live by that, right? Like, and, and I, you know, I work hard. I take my work seriously. I get to play in stuff I love doing, but I, I put the work in. But the moment I start taking myself too seriously, you know, and I think a lot of people do, they take themselves far too seriously. And it's like, guys, we're not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like none of us are, none of us are that big of a deal. We treat others like they're a big deal and that's great, but we don't treat ourselves like we're a big deal. And then because then we get offended by everything and then I can't believe you did this and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Stop. You know? And so like that Chuck quote sticks with me daily, you know, mm-hmm. to always take your work, but never yourself seriously. And I think that idea, which is what they, he imbued in all of his work, you know, and his films, and his crews, and everybody that worked with, like that to me is a lasting legacy on something that just keeps getting passed down, and something I would love to see more of. And like when I'm mentoring students, you know, uh, confidence over cockiness, you know, that kind of stuff. Like never take like take your work seriously, but don't take don't don't take yourself seriously, you know. And and let's get out of this always offended thing, you know. Like just create. I just want you to create.
3: There is one piece of censorship I actually kind of liked where I actually was fine with it, whereas it was, this, it was Fresh Hair, the Freeland cartoon. Um, now, at the end of the cartoon, there's a blackface gag. Oh, Rather yeah. than cut the blackface gag out, they cut the scene out, but when the end title comes on, they play the song that they sing as the end title music. Dixie. So where you're not missing a thing of audio. You're just missing the final image.
4: Right. Right.
3: Which that actually I thought was a smart idea to actually spend the extra money to actually precisely make sure you're not missing anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I you know, like for for all like all I got to Mel Brooks. You want to get offended? Like all the people that want to get offended, I'm like, let's watch a Mel Brooks film together because I'm gonna <laughs> laugh my tail off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Especially Blazing Saddles. <laughs> so that's
4: what I was gonna say. Blazing Saddles. I'm like, we're producers. God.
0: That even is oh. a certain level too. But
4: it's you know. it. Yeah. They, well, but you know, to have there again it is a thing of like you got the white guy writing the black guy's cards parts, and the black guy writing the white guy's parts, and they're doing it together, and they're finding it hilarious. Yeah. You know. But I mean, you you hit
0: the nail on the head when we were talking earlier about making a feature like Looney Tunes. It's like this is the key thing that they don't do when they make new Looney Tunes is that they should be writing for themselves. They should have a team of writers that are good comedy writers that probably grew up with this stuff Mm -hmm. and write what they would feel is funny. Not necessarily write the same gags that have been done a hundred times before on old Looney Tunes or uh, put all these topical current references because a lot of times that's what, a lot of looney tunes gets bogged down with is those two things is repeating old gags and getting bogged down with oh we better do some 2020 references because nobody will get this anymore and so they'll put like right. i don't know uh um adele in the cartoon and so like in five years when she's washed up or something like, who? who you know or yeah. you know yeah <laughs> you know or taylor swift or whatever you know and it's like so i don't think that's necessarily the route to go i mean uh, the only reason they did uh, movie cameos way back when is because Warner Brothers, meant was to a, show once. Well, Warner Brothers was a big top studio those were their big stars at the time I mean they didn't put other studios stars in their films but I mean it was all they were there you know they used the Warner Brothers orchestra it was all there The the stars were there Humphrey Bogart was there while they were still making those cartoons so it's Remember? like it was kind of a nod to just your co coworkers, basically, you know. But nowadays, when you put just a random like pop music reference or random, you know, TV or movie star, you know, that has nothing to do with Looney Tunes. You know, even putting LeBron James, you know, it's like, you know, it's so, meh, you know, because it doesn't fit nicely.
4: <laughs> well, and, and I think I think people people feel that like you can you can feel that it just doesn't fit, you know. Yeah. Where it's like I think. It.
3: No, I think also. In fairness, this is this is these are a much better step than the sitcom was, or that yeah, lunatics so- unleashed thing was. Don't even get me started. On that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can say to defend things like lunatics unleashed or something like that is. I I used to say not well, even to at don't least even. they're trying that's the only thing you know that kind of came across at least they're trying something different are they doesn't mean they're f- succeeding <laughs> but don't think yeah. it's
3: a little too different
0: yeah but i mean you know that 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 that's the only thing i thought at the time i didn't really care for it so it's like yeah <laughs> but anyway what is it
3: like and i also think that it's this is just me and I get that they need a female character. But I never really considered Lola a Looney Tunes character. <laughs> you need a female character in there. I get why she's there. But, I mean, she, her whole motive was to create merchandise in Space yeah. Jam.
0: Yeah. Well, And well, I also
3: I... think that they should stop hiring comedy writers and hiring more animation writers. Like, people like Mark Avenir, who Mark and I both know, who specialize... Now, there are people like Mark and Ernie who specialize in both. That's fine. But, like, stop hiring sitcom writers to write cartoons.
0: Although it's funny you say Evanier since he wrote for Welcome Back Cotter years ago. But anyway. yeah, but Evanier <laughs> is also
3: writing for comic books.
0: Yeah, but Evanier writes for everything. So, I mean, he's not necessarily the best example. I think he's know? written he, Broadway, he, too. He, so. Yes, yes, I think he's really Stephen Sondheim. I don't know. Anyway. anyway um i don't know where we're going with all this um but what did
3: you say hey 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 hey, i told you we'd have enough to talk about
2: though we
0: did we've gone over an hour and a half so it's like you know um so do you have any final thoughts about anything or you just want to promote your uh, your move and your uh uh new location and everything again or what do you want to (laughs) do
4: well i'll i'll say that you know i love having these conversations with you guys because uh, it's, I find them very robust and it's, it's usually topical and then it dives deep and then you bring it back. Camden knows more about this stuff than I will ever know in five live times. <laughs> um, which is why when you're like, Hey, remember that film? And I'm like, he'll know. And he yeah, did. Yeah. And, uh, and uh,
0: uh, I didn't remember the, the Bugs Bunny cartoon that I've seen a billion times. And it's like, no, that's good.
4: Know, but you know. like, I, you know, I, I love, I love doing this stuff this to me, you know, you know, Mark, Camden the same although you're way younger than we are Uh, (laughs) you know I we grew up on this and the fact that it it still influences things and specifically Chuck and what he did and how he did things which is why you know I'm as passionate about um, the nonprofit and giving back and and getting families just to get creative again because it, you know, not because Chuck did it, but Chuck would go out and do those things. Chuck would mentor people, you know, um, Chuck would do that. And for someone who I unfortunately never got to meet in person, but who had a great influence on me because I would read his books, I would watch his films, and I would check stuff out. Um, this to me is just a, a high privilege. So to get to share that with other guys, you know, who uh, grew up and, and love this stuff just as much is always an honor
0: you're one step removed i met him <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, so, I met frizz too so i, I was like "Well, there you, go. Myself,
4: you, know. you doubled on me that yes. i have
0: i'm down but then i know people i met bob Clampett. it's like well you know like, yeah anyway, I, so.
3: I, yeah we know people who met tex avery too yes, which
0: is an know. even bigger blow exactly but yes. hey, you know everybody has their uh you know things up their sleeve of who they met and who they dealt with you know. <laughs> but chuck jones was very nice he's very quiet he was wearing a cowboy hat it was at one of the warner brothers stores i think i said this in the last podcast but uh in san jose california um long line there to oh, see yeah. him but you know we all just stood in line and he was signing like ever anything and everything basically but you know it was, it was awesome. a good show and you know uh frizz was a, a totally different show around the same time early 90s or you know or late 80s or something like that and he was very soft-spoken but you know he was older because you know everybody says oh he was like yosemite sam well maybe he was when he was younger but he's pretty mellow by the time I saw him. So, anyway on that note oh you know so what should we expect from you? How long are you going to take to move and then kind of promote how to get in contact with you and uh, where to see you. And uh, you know, if you're making any appearances.
4: So I've got uh, Ben Olson hyphen art.com is my, is my site for all the stuff that I do. Gallery wise, Chuck Jones, all that kind of stuff. I'll usually put appearances up there. I've got uh, a big draw coming up with Schaumburg boomers um, for our Chuck Jones center for creativity on June 18th. Um, which is a little ways out but the the steampunk series um, this whole conquer earth thing is a beast and that is that is going to rock 2022 so that's my big thing for this year and how many pieces i'm sure there's going to be stuff sprinkled in i'm sure as obi-wan series comes out and mando season three at the end of the year i guarantee you there's going to be some mashup stuff so um, I play on Instagram, Ben Olson underscore Art, and the, and that's where I find the you know the, the most richest interaction. So you can check out the site, you can check out Instagram, and then um, the is my nonprofit. That's what hosts the Chuck Jones Center for Creativity, Chicagoland.
0: Okay, Camden, anything you want to promote, or you just want to say that you're part of Cartoon Research? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any, any new articles coming out from you?
3: <laughs> no. Oh, okay. spring break hopefully i'll have time which is next week so all
0: right cool all right but you know you can always bring ben back try to get uh craig up here try to get uh some of the other people you're yeah you're if saying. i can
3: re if i can reach craig
0: yeah or anybody else you've said that you this might is, be able
3: this, is this is this is email number two to craig okay. now
0: all right but Anyway, it's a pleasure speaking with both of you again, and we'll have to do it yet another time, maybe after you're all established in Florida and uh, you can tell us how things are going and what new projects you're working on.
4: Absolutely. Um, Well, thank you, man.
0: All right. And that wraps up uh, yet another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast with my special guests, Ben Olson and Camden Spees. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Camden Spees and Ben Olson, for being my special guests. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 157 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner, Goldfarb, and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night.